Welcome to the Faith Words Podcast. I'm Katie Norris, and we also have a Faith Words publicist with us, Caroline Green. And today we're going to be talking about how so many of us want to live boldly and bravely in our faith, but we feel weighted down by something. We're talking with Rachel Swanson, a wife, mom of three, and the best-selling author of Refine and Restore. In her new book, she helps us identify the lies that separate us as women from the full intimacy of God, and we're focusing on refining and restoring our relationships, whether with friends, our spouse, or even our own bodies. If you're struggling in any of those those areas, this episode is for you. Rachel, welcome to the Faith Words Podcast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. So Rachel, you're a wife, a mom of three, a best-selling author, an inspirational speaker, and you are passionate about helping women identify what's holding them back so they can restore their hearts back to God's truth about themselves. You have so many wonderful gems in the book, but there are two chapters we wanted to hone in on today for our FaithWords listeners. Chapter four, Friends Without Benefits, and chapter six, Body Wars. So let's jump in about why meaningful, healthy relationships are so important. Um, And let's start with chapter four, Friends Without Benefits. Rachel, can you tell us why you wrote this chapter and why you think this is so important for women out there to um, really take a look at their friendships and how they're impacting their relationship with themselves, with their others, um, or with their family? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I wrote this obviously out of so many personal struggles with friendships. And, you know, I don't think anybody is without struggles with with friends and just making friends. And so um, it, it came to a point where I was starting to assess my life and, and the friendships that I currently had in my life. And I was noticing there was a group of friends that really um, was just pulling me down, to be honest. And I, I don't really think I, I noticed it or saw it at first because, you know, we like to fit in and we want to be liked and we want to be in the in crowd or, or whatever that is, right? We still, I feel like, go back to childhood days or, or, you know, high school, even in our 30s and 40s and so on, and that we want to be liked and approved upon and part of the crowd. And so there was a specific group of friends that um, I had become friends with, and they were all, um, you know, claimed to be believers, and uh, you know, we were we were of faith, and yet it felt like um, for them, you know, faith was more of an accessory rather than a necessity in life. And so, as I started to explore just my own heart in this, it really wasn't until my husband kind of pointed that out that after I would come back every time I'd come back from meetups with them or um, just hanging out with, you know, with them for lunch, you know, I come back and I was always complaining about something. I was complaining about my house not being big enough. I was complaining about my body. I was complaining about this or that. And he just noticed, he's like, you know, you're really negative when you come back from those get togethers. And I denied it at first. I said, no, no, it's I'm fine. And sure enough, I started to realize, you know, I think this is affecting me more than I thought. And after I started to go into um, just having some heart-to-hearts with myself and really just going back to even the truth of of God's word that, you know, that that talks about friendships. And the difficult thing about friendships and what God says is, you know, we we go back to that passage where, you know, you you need to love your enemies and not that 
they are always, you know, enemies, but you just love people. Like that's our that's our biggest calling is to love God and love others. And so oftentimes we'll we'll keep pressing in and we'll try to love others and stay in these unhealthy relationships because we think we're doing, you know, a service. And really in some ways we may be, and maybe God has called you to lean in and to those difficult friendships, but I was starting to realize how I didn't really have an authority in this group. You know, there was in a sense kind of a ringleader. And I realized that I didn't really have a voice in it as well as um, I was really being taken out in the process. And I I had to get honest with myself and say, you know, is this really healthy for me? And is this really a a friendship, some friendships that I want to cultivate and and keep throughout my whole life? And when I started to think about those things – it started to realize, I started to realize, no, you know, not really. And, you know, I come back to this, this Proverbs, you know, 22 verse, which says, no, make no friendship with, with others given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in their snare. And, and just talking about like, I mean, in a sense, just don't entangle yourselves with others that may be pulling you down. Right. And for me, I had to start taking that really seriously of, okay, I think this is really unhealthy and I don't feel like this is something that I need to have in my life anymore. And I had to really press into God and say, God, like, am I supposed to keep pressing him? Am I supposed to be leaning in? And I just really felt his his peace and confirmation to just, you know, let go. And so, you know, I mean, I believe at times, you know, we're supposed to press in and lean in. But I believe also that there are some times when the best thing for the relationship is to let go. And that way you can become more refined and restored, really, through God and build your relationship up up with God. Because if you're constantly being taken out, that affects your relationship with God and the intimacy that he wants you to have. And it affects your joy and affects your peace. And so... You know, at some points, you know, we got to see, okay, is this is this really where I'm being called to serve? Maybe there's others, other friendships I need to have in my life that are going to be healthier for me, build me up. and Or maybe there's other friendships that um, God will bring into my life where I can have a better impact. But in this moment, I, I realized I wasn't, I wasn't, this isn't, wasn't where I was supposed to be anymore. And it was, it was doing too much damage to my heart and you know, I was getting entangled in their gossip and just the things that they were talking about. And I thought, you know, like, I just don't, I just don't need to be a part of this anymore. And I don't think this is healthy for me. So yeah, I mean, I let it go. And it was difficult. And it was hard. Like there was certain there was a certain friendship I really wanted to stick with and cultivate, but it was just proving too hard. And I felt um, sad in some ways. But you know, looking back, I'm just so thankful I took the choice to say, you know what, there are so many other friendships I can have that are so much healthier for me and that I can have an impact on and cultivate. And this is just not one of those groups that I need to be a part of anymore. That's something that we forget about as adults is just reassessing friendships. Because like you were saying, you go back to high school and we there's a lot of peer pressure to fit in, to be a certain way, to look a certain way. But that doesn't just disappear with age. I mean, that's something that happens in our 20s and our 30s. Um, so being discerning in those relationships. And it sounds like for you, it wasn't like an immediate, okay, I need to leave this group. But it was something that took time and it took, um, like you were saying, the wisdom of your husband. Um, and, and then even just stepping back to assess how you were feeling about yourself from those interactions. Um, can you tell us a little bit about balance too? Because one of the things you touch upon is, you know, we need to be investing and in ministering to others 
but we also have to have people who are ministering to us and are uplifting. Um, so how did you find that balance? Yeah, you know, I think this this changes depending on the season of life. I think there's certain seasons that we need the support of our own healthy relationships and friendships in our life and uh, have a lot fewer that we're, we're really pouring out to and reaching out to. And I think it all um, comes down to really assessing where you're at in your heart and if you're in a healthier place and, and a place where you feel really fulfilled and, and full with um, with where you're at in your um, just love and connection with others. And and it doesn't have to be a lot. I think that's what a lot of people sometimes forget. And even I forget sometimes that it's not about quantity. It's about quality of friendships. And, you know, you can have just a couple really good quality friendships and that can be the sustainable part of, of your life. That that's all you really need. And truly, I mean, if we're really being honest, you know, we do have the deeper relationship that we have with Jesus. And that is above all else. And if we truly do seek into and, and lean into that relationship, he does say that he will fulfill us of all our needs. He will give us what we need in those times when we're feeling like we're lost or we don't have friends. And, you know, I, I've, I've connected with a lot of people um, or heard people online that share with me, you know, I really don't have a friend group. I don't feel like I have any friends. And in those seasons, I've had to tell them, look, you know, maybe God is having you called away from friends for a season so you can just invest into him and his relationship with you. And in that way, maybe if as you invest into him, maybe he'll start to then bring others um, around you to support you. And then as you continue to keep getting fulfilled and full, then maybe he's going to call you out into investing now, pouring out into others through the overflow of what you're experiencing with these fuller friendships. And so yeah, there's definitely a, a time and place of, um, you know, I, I, I even was just reminded of this this week in my um, kind of life group, uh, community group that I have. And we were talking about just being a friend and, and leaning out and into relationships of others that maybe aren't believers or others that, you know, don't think and believe or, or say things the same way that we do, don't look the same, don't have the same kind of lifestyle. And yet we are called still to love them and intersect with them and just start communicating with them and connecting with them. And and I think there's some strength to that. It's it's scary. It's uncomfortable to be able to do that. We like to be in our little, little like Christian bubbles, you know, and and just do life with each other. But um, but I want you to assess like, are you in a place where maybe you know you're a little too comfortable, right? And maybe you do need to branch out. Maybe you do need to reach out to others that maybe aren't um, uh, that are really different than you, or um, to build up even your own faith and sharing and and bumping elbows with people that aren't necessarily thinking the same ways as you because that can be really good for you as well as for the other person involved obviously as they uh, start to understand and recognize wow there's something different about you you know and that's what we want to be doing is they want we want people to not be bombarding them with our faith but just to have them look at us and when we do life with them they're like wow there's something different about you and even in our own Christian relationships, we want them to be encouraged and look at us and be like, wow, there is something different about you. You you seem so joyful, happy, alive. And, you know, we can attest that all to saying, yeah, well, it's it's not really not me. It's not not me at all. It's coming back to my heart and relationship with God. And so that's just, you know, that's that's the practical side of, of just how I've been able to assess the balance in my own life. Um, but it's, it's a constant process of like going back and saying, okay, where am I at? How am I feeling right now? Am I feeling content in my relationships? Am I feeling too strung out where I need to hone down on just a couple? Um, are there some that are unhealthy? Recently, I had to cut ties with another um, relationship, which was really tough. And yet I feel total peace because it was one of those I had been investing and investing and reaching out and reaching out 
and yet there was just no reciprocation of response, right? There just wasn't that um, reciprocation that that I was I was wanting and and hoping for. And at some point, you have to think, okay, is this becoming a codependent relationship where they're just taking, 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 and they're not um, responding in in turn? And for me, it was starting to get to a place again of just being unhealthy and. Um, the relationship was unhealthy, and so I had to. I've had to remove myself from that, and I feel okay about it. I feel at peace because I know, okay, God, you're going to put somebody in their life where they're going to be able to steward to them in ways that I couldn't and I can't right now. And just having peace about that just really helps to be able to move on and look into, um, okay, who's the next person that God wants me to reach to, or reach out to. That's great. That's really encouraging. And I think we'll, um, that'll help our listeners and readers of your book find a little bit of freedom in relationships that might feel uh, like traps for them right now. Uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier uh, that you were one of the symptoms of your kind of toxic friend group, something that you, you knew was making you feel bad was that you would complain about your body after hanging out with them. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how 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 you felt about your body affected your relationship with your husband, with your family, and just how you felt about yourself? Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's tough when you're. Um, I've, I've been in groups and circles where all they talk about is just, oh, I have too much fat here. Oh, I'm not skinny enough. Or I, and, and really, it's obvi- It's most of the time they're people that are actually pretty in shape. <laughs> um, and it makes you feel worse. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Like, I sometimes just feel like I'm in that boat where I'm like, oh, man, you know, like, who are you to be talking, you know? Um, but, and I'm sure people look at me and say the same thing. You know, we all, we all try to measure ourselves with the measuring stick of, okay, where are we at? Are we skinnier than her? Are we healthier than her? Are we bigger than her? And, and just measuring that. And, Unfortunately, that really demeans our own and, and warps our own mindset. And for for me, um, this isn't something I, I can't say I'm completely. I haven't completely overcome this. I think this is just like a daily struggle that I'm constantly taking back to God and constantly trying to remove those lies and those thoughts of you know I'm just not enough. And um, yeah, it had affected my relationship with my husband, and I think our body image does play a big role in the intimacy that we have if we're married with our husbands and our spouses. And for me, it was really affecting me in this season of life, and I didn't even want to be intimate with my husband because I just didn't see myself as beautiful and worthy. I only saw the insecurities and and the flaws and you know the things that I didn't love about myself, whereas you know, thank you. Thank you to my husband. Like he doesn't see all that stuff. And he continues to tell me that. But for me, I just had a hard time believing that. And so for me, it really had to, I I started to assess, well, why is this that I'm thinking these things? And I had to start taking parameters into my own life of, okay, I'm recognizing now when I'm, I'm thinking these things or what's affecting me. And so I started looking at like, in a sense, kind of like triggers, you know, in my life. And Honestly, there were some relationships and I was like, you know what? This person is kind of a trigger for me. Every time I'm around them, I start scrutinizing my own body or they're constantly negative about themselves and I just don't feel like I can handle that anymore right now. So I have to remove myself. Or there's people online, you know, you're following those people that post pictures of their amazing abs and I don't know, like their eating plans and then it makes you feel more guilty. And (laughs) at least for me, unless that's inspiring for you, keep it. But if you're starting to feel the guilt and shame of it, remove that. Put, Put stuff 
that's healthier in its place. Put inspirational quotes or, you know, um, pictures of, of scenery or I don't know, whatever is exciting and healthy and fun for you. Especially, I think quotes, especially of scripture is so great because just dwelling ourselves, putting our back, putting our minds back on the truth of God and his word that says, you are beautiful. Like I, you, are, you have no flaws. I have formed you. You have been uniquely made in my image. And even though, you know, our charm is fleeting, right? Our, our beauty fades, but, you know, a woman who desires the Lord and loves the Lord is to be praised. And we have to truly get down to like, do I really believe that? You know, do I really believe this is true? And if not, then we need to start affirming ourselves and start saying it out loud, even out loud to ourselves in the mirror. I've had to do this multiple times where I'm saying it out loud in the mirror. I'm writing it out even before I believe it. Because the more that I do that, the more it will start to sink in and I start to believe in the truth that I am worthy, I am loved, I am beautiful, and I am created in God's image. And that's what helps me to have those healthier boundaries when it comes to my body and food and relationships around me. Rachel, I love that. I think that's so practical for women who are struggling um, with their own body images. And like you were saying, even your relationship with food and all of that goes deep. Um, I was talking with a group of women this week at church, and they were talking about along the lines of just filling your your mind with truth and speaking scripture, of writing out what the Bible says about us and like putting up on a wall so you could see it every day. <laughs> so I love that you bring that up, like that you're reciting that to yourself. Um, and in chapter six, uh, which is called Body Wars, which is so accurate because that's really what it is. It's a war. Um, that we're constantly facing, you talk about not always being able to stop the negative thoughts, but being able to redirect them. Um, And it goes back to the scripture that you just quoted a little bit ago. Um, But one of them that you said was Psalm 139, 13. You are, and and this is something that you say to yourself, you are beautiful no matter what size you are. You are, you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I love that. I love that um, you're giving women practical scripture that they can study and they can memorize um, within the book. And I'm just curious, do you have one specific one that you go to or are there multiple? How do you how do you combat those thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, I I do use scripture. I do use truth. But honestly, it's it's also just um you know, practically talking to myself like, I am beautiful. I am worthy. I, you know, am not un- unloving because of my weight or my size or whatever. And um, mostly, actually, even though I say I'm not, I try to affirm myself of what I really am. And I think that's where the power is. And I didn't really talk about that as much in my book. But I think the power is what you say that you are. And even before you, you maybe believe it. So I say, you know, I am beautiful, you know, I am healthy and I make healthy food choices. I am healthy because I like, I'm going to work out, but not because of what I'm looking like, but it's because I want to be strong. And the more that I recite those things over and over in my mind, the more that it becomes truth. Like you don't want to almost, it's almost like your, your brain doesn't want to lie to itself. You know, like, so if you're, if you're saying like, for example, I mean, this is a little bit out of context, but like, I am going to do the laundry and put it all away today. (laughs) Or I, I will put the laundry away today. Um, I always have laundry struggles. I don't know if you guys 
all have laundry struggles, but that is my struggle. And for me, if I'm saying I'm, I will put the laundry away, but then I don't do it, it's almost like, oh my gosh, I just lied to myself. You know, I don't know. It's, it's just like, oh, I can't not lie to myself. So then I affirm, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is my job. This is my role. This is what I'm going to do. So even with the body, you know, I, I say things like, I am beautiful or I will work out. I'm going to work out because I want what's best for me and my body. And it's not about what I look like. But again, it's not easy. And it's going to be one of those things you have to continue to go back to. And definitely, it's it's one of those things where we're going to, God doesn't always promise that it's going to, he's going to take away these thoughts. He's going to take away these feelings about ourselves. But he does say he promises that we can redirect them, that we can take them captive, take our thoughts captive to Christ. And then in turn, he will redirect our thoughts and help us redirect them back to the truth. And, you know, I cite a bunch of scriptures of just truth, but, you know, really just go through the truth, go through Psalms. That is a great, you know, um, a great book that gives you identifications of who God is as well as who you are. Because the more that you understand who God is and his character, the more that you start to understand and believe in who you are, which is that you are loved and that you are significant and that you are beautiful without any measuring stick. And so that's how I do it. Um, there's a lot of other practical ways probably, but you know, again, just affirming yourself with the truth and also knowing that not to just ignore it, not to just pretend like those thoughts aren't there, but like face them head on and say, no, I see you. I see that lie. I see that you're saying I'm ugly, but no, I'm going to redirect it to the truth and claim this over my life even before I feel it and I'll eventually start to believe it. And it becomes easier and easier once you start doing that and redirecting those thoughts. Um, And God promises that he will give us peace. He'll give us life. He'll give us what we need. That's great. That's so encouraging, Rachel. So as you have gone through these processes of refining things out of your life and the process of restoration, um, how have you seen evidence of God's faithfulness to you um, as you've walked through these processes and and learned to uh, restore your relationships, restore your relationship to your body, um, and restore your friendships? Yeah. Well, for me, um, and I think for everybody, when you start to go through the process of starting to recognize those subtle things that are are uh, taking you down or preventing you from having that deeper intimate relationship with God, that the more that you start to address those things and not turn a blind eye to it, the more you will find yourself having more confidence as well as a it, it, it does get – my relationship with God has changed. You know, addressing these these areas of my life and continuing to go back to these areas of my life and addressing them does and has changed my relationship with God where it is deeper. And I feel God's presence more in my life. I feel like I'm talking to God so much more, you know, just in my daily life because I'm just constantly asking God, hey, help me with this. I, I've just thought of this terrible thought about this person. Help me to redirect my thoughts. And, you know, just confessing and constantly confessing to him and saying, hey, I had this terrible thought. I'm so sorry, God, forgive me. Help me show forgiveness for this person. Um, help me forgive myself. And each time I do that, it's it keeps that relationship. It helps us keep that open relationship with God. But the more that we pretend and, and we turn our blind eye to it, the more that gives weight of, of where the enemy can work in our life. And it's like we're closing the door and keeping, you know, those things in the dark. 
And yet God's like, no, open that door. Keep that open line of communication with me. Don't hide from me. Don't hide from your shame. I see, I see what you're doing. And I think see those thoughts. I see what, what you're having um, issues with, but keep the door open so I can bring light into those places, those dark places, so I can keep working. Because if you if you take a plant and you're putting it in the dark, I mean, it's going to just wither up and fade and, and it's just going to die. Whereas if you open the door and bring light into it, then it will start to thrive. And so we need to open that door with God, so to speak, and let the light shine into those dark places that we're trying to keep away from him, pretending that they're not really there, and allow him to really work. Because when he does, that's when you start to feel that vibrance with him, that connection with him, that excitement with the Holy Spirit just moving you in ways and you start listening and hearing God's voice in your heart and your mind. Um, It's just, it becomes so much more intimate because that's who God is and what he wants us to have in our life. But again, if we're not willing to lay down or or show him these areas that we're holding on to, he, he will only be able to get so close, you know, with a shut door. He could, he could be right behind the door saying, I'm right here. And, you know, but unless we open that door, you know, then he can come in more fully into our hearts and minds. Mm. There's so much freedom when you're willing to live like that. Um, and in your book, I just, I have to redirect our readers back there. Um, you really just, you go and you talk about such a uh, such needs um, that we as women have, um, specifically when we're facing those lies, lies that we may not even be aware of, um, that are holding us back from that freedom and that intimacy that you're talking about. Uh, So um, Refine and Restore is out in bookstores now. It can be picked up anywhere or you can order it online. And Rachel, you also have your own podcast called Refine and Restore. Where can our readers find you? Yeah, you know, rachelcswanson.com and you'll find everything. You'll find my book, you'll find the podcast links, um, you'll find everything that you need there. So that's the best place to do it. Or, you know, online, Rachel C. Swanson, you can find me at any of those handles. Awesome. And are you still doing life coaching as well? I am doing coaching. Uh, I did take a little break right now. Um, I have some one-on-ones, but I do life coaching as well. So yeah, when my programs are open, um, I'm happy to do those things as well. Awesome. Well, you do it all and mom of three. So more power to you. (laughs) Honestly, though, I have to make mention, I could not do this without my supportive husband. I mean, he is amazing. You know, he allows me to do this calling and this work that God's called me to do. And he helps with the kids and he helps with the house and he does so much. And so we're truly a team effort and I couldn't do it without him. No, that's awesome. We're we're thankful for him, too, then. (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a real treat. Oh, thank you. It's my treat to be here. So thank you so much for inviting me in.